Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online, both, uh, both descriptors are appropriate, here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Go to that, uh, that site, that address, type in those letters on your keyboard, find that location on the internet, and you'll notice that there's a big microphone that shows up at the top of the page. Uh, it is the mic I'm speaking on right now. Yeah, same one. It's, uh, it's still uh, servicing us well. Uh, nearly 800 shows later uh, on Center Left Radio. There are two links on that page. The first is our uh, podcast link that takes you to a podcast version of what you're hearing right now or any of, I guess, about... 40 or 50 of our most recent shows. It's sort of a, a rolling listing as a new podcast uh, comes on, as it's added to the list, it gets added to the top of the list. It's, it's in uh, reverse, no, well, let's see, would that be reverse date order? It's the most recent date winds up on top. Let me, let me not make it any more complicated than that. And, uh, but there's another way to hear the shows, and that has to do with the second link on our homepage. And that second link is called our Radio Loop. And it takes you to a version of the same show. It, the same show. The version referring only to the way in which you are uh, accessing it and hearing it, which is to say uh, on a separate computer because the show is running in a loop as though uh, it, when, you, when you access it, you pick it up at whatever point it happens to be, not unlike uh, you would be picking up any talk show on the, yes, radio. So... Hence, a radio loop, and a lot of people like listening to their shows that way, get involved in the middle of it, figure out what's going on, stick around. You get to the end and you'd like to see how it all started off, no problem, uh, because the show will begin uh, within seconds after ending. Why? Because it's running in a loop. So either way, uh, we're pleased to have you with us here at Center Left Radio. Uh, it is Friday, the 27th of January, in this still ridiculously mild overall uh, New York winter that we're having. Uh, I gather most of the East Coast is having a similar sort of winter. What happens... Uh, no, no, no I, I guess... No, I take that back. We, we here in New York, or just within the New York City environs, and I've mentioned that I'm about where I am, is on the Hudson River about, oh, 25 or 30 miles north of New York City. Um, this time of the year with the leaves down on the trees, you can look right down to the Hudson. It's beautiful. Uh, best sunsets of the year during the winter. Um, and you, of course, when you go down to the river, you can't, from this angle, you can't see Manhattan. We're a little bit too high up and a little bit too far away from the river. But when you get down to the river, just look to your left, and there it is. I mean, there's Manhattan Island, there's the buildings, and you can kind of judge the quality of the air uh, depending on how clearly you can see them on a given day. I must say, I must say, over the years that we've been here, uh, the clarity uh, of the view looking at Manhattan has gotten better overall. It's, it's, it's changed. 9-11 made some huge changes. Uh, then, on top of that, of course, there have been any number of new, tall, thin structures added to the skyline of Manhattan. Uh, those tall, thin structures all added in that central portion of Manhattan where uh, the schist, the bedrock, is strongest and therefore can support the weight of these huge towers, but it changes the whole 
complexity and feel, the, the entire artistic statement of Manhattan Island from this perspective, from, from 25 miles out, looking at it, it's sort of not quite head on, it's sort of a, at an angle, hard to tell when you're this far away, but it's changed. It's, it's artistry in its own right. A lot of people, uh, gee, it's not the old Manhattan I remember, but it's, it's where we're going. It is, it's the expression of people looking forward. Uh, it, it, it's a collective thing. It is this evolution. The, it is the next phase of the city that never stops building itself. It's the city that never sleeps as well, you know, of, 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 uh, of, of lore, as it were, of, of musical composition and lyric. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's emblematic of change, of evolution. And in that regard, I see it as it's a positive thing. You, you may at the moment look at it and say, no, this is a, I, I don't like the look of it. But it's change. And you take any one of these new buildings, new in the last uh, 10, 15 years, and you recognize, you can't help but recognize the architectural and the engineering and the, uh, the structural and all of these things, all of the newness, all of the, all of the improvements, if you will, not if you will, if there are, that go into these new structures. And on, on the whole, you would have to conclude, I, I don't see how you couldn't conclude, that it's a positive evolutionary process. You're seeing the results of a positive evolution. And in time, the, the visual uh, limitations of just having a few of these high pencil-thin towers, I've used other terms to describe their shape uh, among friends, and, uh, but we'll, we'll leave it at pencil right now, uh, is something that will probably become even more attractive Right now, there's just not quite enough pencils up there to give the sense that it is a full skyline. It doesn't have the full, the fullness. It's, there's a lot of parts left out still. But we're evolving, and it's a direction. And by and large, it's positive. I, 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 don't, I don't see how you could call change and improvement in design improve yeah you could you could say artistically i i i i just don't like it it's but there is so much positive outweighing what might be the momentary negative and by the way anyone who wants to declare the look of manhattan negative right now certainly from a distance looking like i'm looking over here go down to these buildings look at them Stand at the base of them. Look up. See what they are. You'll get a whole other sense about that. There is a positive evolution in just the visual representation. That's the first thing you take in about New York. And, and maybe you could, I don't know, go from that to feeling something about New York. You could, you can bemoan if you wish. It's changing. It's changing from what I knew when I was a kid. Uh, and, and that would, that would probably be indicative that change is just difficult generally. But as I've repeated on countless, I would say, I'd like to say hundreds of times, but certainly dozens, scores, change is the magical constant of our lives and change is what is required for our positive evolution as a species it's it it just it, it comes with the meal if you want to survive and survive well now there are there is 
in this country, and I'm going to go to a, slight, a, slight, a slightly different side, and, and we're, we'll kind of work into some of the, uh, uh, the stuff in the headlines in a bit, but I, but I want to approach this in a different way today. We are made aware constantly of the negatives that are impinging on our, on our consciousness, on our psyches, day by day. We have media and we have social media that seems to be largely dedicated to either creating the storylines out of whole cloth or at least amplifying the extremes of who we are because it has become, it, it's monetized. The capacity to, uh, to amplify extremes is the method by which the people who have their products up on the internet in social media are able to sell. They sell information about the people who are viewing they therefore add more information of the type that, of, that people are viewing, be it positive or negative, depending on your point of view, uh, but at the extremes of what we are watching or what we are willing to take in. And people, as a result, are, it would appear, as, as you talk to people, are being pushed further and further into the extremes of what they might otherwise have accepted. I, I, I guess another way of saying this is, would people be less extreme? Would points of view be less uh, absolute, uh, exclusive of um, input from the other side? Would would we, we be experiencing uh, the type of uh, gridlock that we have, let's say, in the Congress, in, in the House of Representatives? Perfect example. Would we be there were it not for uh, these extremes being uh, permissively uh, spread throughout society? I, I mean, I'm not just blaming social media. Uh, clearly, social media is responding to a something uh, within all of us. We are we are basically giving vent, or it's giving vent to stuff that is within us already. If if social media is offering you the opportunity to hate a particular group of people. Uh, hate Jews, hate, the, but this is Holocaust Remembrance Day. It was yesterday, it was Holocaust Remembrance Day. There was a marvelous concert that took place at Carnegie Hall. A dear friend, Lee Musiker, conducted, uh, conducted the, I think it was the New York Philharmonic last night, in a series of songs that were written by concentration camp uh, victims. While in the camps, many of them uh, beautifully tender songs written to children not to be afraid uh, of, of, of just the most horrible circumstances in the world. How beauty was able to somehow emerge out of the worst of what was going on. We, we are basically allowing, we are basically being encouraged by our media, by social media, and just by the nature of the way we interact, the nature of the information around us, to operate at the extremes of our psyches, uh, souls, what we are, we are able to, to link up and to express in ways that I had never experienced in my lifetime until fairly recently, the extremes of who we are because it has become the, it's become the norm in many ways to basically express the extremes of what we are because that's basically how things are how we are presenting ourselves to one another. Positions are extreme positions. The, the center, the middle ground, 
is rapidly drying up. The centrist situation, I mean, we call ourselves center-left radio here. Is that anachronistic? It, it may well be. It may well be at this point in time. I don't know. But we, we are in an era of extremes. You can pick or choose where you want to go for your information. Most of that information will be not a positive statement, but a statement of defensiveness or anger or fear of some other extreme positions. It, it is so easy to basically express so much of what we are in terms of diametrically opposing forces. It seems to be where we are. And it's a disquieting feeling, no, no matter what, what pole you gravitate to. I mean, to, to make it politically simple, you know, uh, uh, are you a progressive or are you a, I, I want to say conservative, but that's such a horrible use of an old, uh, rather distinguished term. Are you, um, are you Trumpian? I, 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 not that every Republican is, well, are you conservative or are you Republican? Uh, are you, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, are you, are you progressive or are you Republican? Are you Democrat or Republican? And, 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 Within those two terms, even, the, the, there seems to be less and less daylight uh, or, to, or, or more and more daylight between the extremes, and, and that's what we're left with at this point. And, and it raises a, um, an interesting thought for me. Uh, and, and, and this is something that I have been pondering for quite some time now. And it basically is, uh, it, it, it's within my writings, my own writings. I, I in the middle of, well, in the middle of, at the very end, actually, of uh, a miniseries at this point that, I, that I'm nearly put to bed completely. But then we'll be getting into the marketing of it. It's another story entirely. There's a book that introduces it. That's been written. Uh, I do a lot of stuff other than uh, just uh, talk to all of you here at Center Left Radio, but one of the more fascinating projects I've been involved in for a number of years now is now culminating in uh, this 10-part miniseries. The book is, like I say, has already been written. There's a, there's a whole lot more that's going to happen after that. The, the miniseries, oddly, has, uh, has basically crescendoed to a point that, well, you know, art, repre art uh, representing or replicating life, I think, is how this works out. And I didn't realize it was going to go in this direction. But without, without giving away uh, my, my story, uh, I, I, I could kind of summarize where the story goes towards its conclusion like this, what would happen? Let, let me posit, a, you know, a thought. If you could take all the good and all the evil in the world, if, if, if they were quantifiable forces, and you put them, all, you put it all out there, as, as if it were some kind of, a, as if there was a, a measurable volume. And, and, and they had, and, and it was equally, the strength of evil and the strength of good was basically uh, equal. The, the only difference would be if you had more evil than good, then evil would ultimately prevail. And, and, and the same with the good. If you have more good than evil, then, uh, then good would prevail. Okay, let's assume you could extract all the good and all the evil on this planet. And we're going we're gonna to build huge, huge, huge uh, uh, buckets or, I don't know, uh, whatever, we could, whatever we could use to hold all of the good and evil that is within each of us. And we could put it into these gigantic containers, as it were. And the containers are the same size, so we're anticipating that, you know, it could wind up being the same size, but they're pretty 
damn big. So no matter what it winds up being, we're going to be able to accommodate however much good or evil we wind up with. Okay, now we've got these gigantic containers, and and, and they're located uh, on a distant island somewhere, I don't know, uh, is it the Pacific? I have no idea, but all they are is these two gigantic containers, and we've discovered some kind of methodology, some kind of mechanism for withdrawing that which is at the core of each of us. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, if you're a fundamentally good person, if basically you do good deeds, if, if your natural propensity, as it were, was to do good deeds, then within you there would be a balance of good and to a certain extent. No one is all one way or the other. I, sh I, sh I should make that point, and I think that's a fair point. No, no one of us is all good or all evil, but there's a balance, and on balance, we tend towards acting one way or the other. We are drawn to certain behaviors. Either the good is winning out within us and overcomes the 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 uh, the manifestations of evil. And by the way, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna switch away from good and evil. I'm gonna go to love and fear. Those are really at the at the uh, at the apex of a whole list of things. There are all of these avatars of love, all of these avatars of fear, ways in which love and fear are expressed ultimately, and just by experience and experimentation, I find that the, the categorizations of what it is that drives us at the most intense internal level really comes down to different quantities or or our we are driven by our our uh, the possession of the love and fear in the energetic core that drives us our souls so is it love or fear what is the predominating force in someone's life and ultimately that's going to dictate one will overcome the other and it will militate, it will create the probability, the possibility, the inevitability of the type of actions people are doing. It's this net difference in each of us that is going to be deposited in these giant containers on this uh, deserted island somewhere in the South Pacific, I've, for lack of any other creative thoughts that come into my head as to how we're going to locate this stuff. And we can do it. We, we, we somehow have the technology to do it, to take the net result, the net of what each of us are. Now, you have to accept that this is uh, actually possible, that, that we, our behaviors ultimately are the result of the net result of the love or the fear possessing us. That, that our, over, again, we are all possessing some combination of that. I, 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 think, I think most people can accept that. You can accept it from a religious perspective. You can, most religions would say there's a battle between good and evil. They, it, it's, it's love and fear. The good and evil is easier stated by religion simply because it gives them uh, something uh, to inject themselves into because most religions are, are beginning with a moral code and so their moral code now becomes the basis for good, and anything that's not within that code is evil, and therefore you have to avoid the one, go with the other, and the way you do that is through institutional affiliation with this denominational thing with your particular religion. It, it works on an institutional level to keep the notion of good and evil out there, as opposed to love and fear which really, as I say, are the great granddaddies of all the other things, including good and evil. It's love and fear. But it's out there. And, and 
we've been taught this since childhood. We've just been given the names of uh, two of the subcategories of love and fear, good and evil. It's that simple. So, so back, to our, back to the question. Take all of humanity, and, and basically we, we, we have a way, somehow we have a way of, of, of extracting uh, the, net, the net balance in each of our souls, in each of the energetic vehicles that, that power us as, as living, sentient beings, our souls. And in my, in my mindset, it's part of one large, huge, massive consciousness that basically overtakes the whole universe, uh, multiverses, uh, multiple multiverses in multiple dimensions through all time. Basically, if you want to think of infinity, that's where you go. That's, that's how it works. But we're staying with Earth right now, and we're staying in the present. When you've extracted the net quantity of good or evil from every individual, when from people who basically, uh, you know, from love and fear. If, if for those people who fear are, are, are driven by fear. Think of the people who are driven by fear. Think of a Donald Trump. Think of many of the people in the Republican side of the Congress right now. Think of the people who are hateful towards Asians. Think of the people who are hateful towards Jews. Think of the people who are taking guns and trying to settle every difference that they might ever have by killing or shooting or maiming. Think of the anger. Think the pe those people, and there's just tons and tons of them out there. And you, we hear about them all the time. And we, and, and we use their exploits to drive the social media platforms that further divide us. And you know what I'm talking about. But the, let's take those people who are on the fear side of the equation. We know that, that fear will be the, the, when, when, the when, when, you, when you do the difference, when you do the math in their soul, there will be an excess of fear. So we take that excess all over the planet and we dump it into our fear bucket. Now, now do the opposite. Take the opposite experiment. Or the, not the opposite, it's part of the same experiment. But do the, do the other side of this for the people who will have more love in their soul whose energetic signature, if you will, is dominated by love rather than fear. In other words, when you, when you do the math inside their soul, there's more love than fear. It will be ultimately ex exemplified in their behavior. You'll, you'll see how these people function. They're able to overcome the fear. They're, they'll do beautiful things. They'll help other people. They will, they will create charities. They will, they will basically create positive religious institutions. They will be the people who will do great art. They are the people who will welcome families, and they are the people who will keep their families together in a positive way. They will have beautiful memories which they will pass on to their children. They will, peace, they will pass on peacefulness and a sense of community. All of those positive things, yeah, it, it's positive. Not out of fear, no, no, out of, out of love and all of the avatars of love. There's a whole bunch of those people too, a whole, a, a massive amount of them out there, all over the planet, living their lives day by day. So now we, we continue with our experiment and now we, we, we subtract the fear and there's always fear. We subtract it out because there's less fear than there is love, and we take the residual, the remaining balance of love, and we put that in our other gigantic container sitting there on this deserted Pacific island. And now we've done it, it's all there, and we measure, and we look, and we say, what's what side wins? What, what wins? Which, which container has more? Is there more of a net fear 
or more net love on this planet. This moment, the, the experiment is taking place today. More net fear or more net love? What is driving us? Well, I mean, to simplify this, is, is the glass half full? Is the glass half empty? I mean, we, as a practical matter, of course, we, we, can't, we can't conduct this experiment. But I, I think it's an interesting one to posit in our minds. What do we believe about humans collectively? What, what are we told? What, what are we fed day by day? What are we, what, what do we choose to believe? Is that, is, I, I, I guess that's what it's all about. Deeper than that, what is our true faith in humanity all about? What, what do we believe at our core? This, this, is, what, this is what faith is all about. Faith, faith is beneath the, 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 the embrace of any particular system. It's, it's a fundamental approach, a fundamental series of beliefs about the world and the people around us. And that drives action. This is what real faith is. I, when you say, I believe as a matter of true faith, you either really believe in love or fear as a predominant force. You will be guided to one or the other. And, and any, any particular institution or any particular religion will simply, the way you approach it will be a manifestation of what the driving force in you is. Are you more prone to love or to fear? Do you believe that people are fundamentally good or that they're fundamentally evil. You could say it one way in a, in a conversation or over cocktails or, or, or whatever, but in your heart of hearts, what do you believe? What, what is your faith in humanity? And, 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 and sometimes when we say faith in humanity, it seems to have an automatic implication that that's a positive thing. I, I have great faith in humanity. But what do you really, at your core, believe humans are all about? Is there more love, net residual love in this world, on this planet, right now? Or is there more net residual fear? And, and, and it's, it's, it goes to the core of each of one, each of us. It goes to the core of our of our sentience, of our shared energetic soul. And many religions, you know, differentiate everybody's soul so that basically you can have a personal relationship, and basically your relationship doesn't affect the other guy's relationship. Therefore, he can be saved, you can be condemned. This one, black and forth, and it's it's an it's an institutional way of looking at our energetic beings. But we're all linked. We are all part of the same common soul. And within that soul, the nature of the universe, opposites always are present. You don't have good unless there's some form of bad or evil. You don't have love unless there's some quantum of fear. We are, we are the product, the universe is the product of opposing forces, yin and yang. This has been, we, our forefathers uh, from all over this planet figured it out a long time ago. We just tend not to focus on it. Look at those buckets again. Look, look, at those, look at those storage, look at those gigantic Tupperwares sitting there in the middle of the Pacific. The net result of what we are. Is there more love? Does the love bucket have more? Or does the fear bucket have more? And be careful. Look carefully. Take your measurements very carefully. Because the one or the other is going to have a major bearing on where we wind up 
a long time from now. Day by day, moment by moment, good and bad things will happen. Negative things, there'll be arguments, there'll be fights. Who will be killed? Who will, who will use a gun on somebody? Who will do an act of incredible, unimaginable kindness and charity? Those things, but they add up over time. They add up over time. And over time, it will be the, uh, the winner in the love-fear category that will dictate ultimately where we wind up. There's going to be a lot of... It'll be messy. Oh, by God, it'll be messy getting there. But what we are collectively, if there is more of a surplus of love on this planet than fear, we will wind up in one place. If there is more fear than love, we will wind up in a very different place. Because no matter what we do, eventually the sheer volume of the love or the fear in excess of its opposite is what will dictate our behavior and our outcomes on a global level. Now, does that make sense to you? That, that we are ultimately, the if you, if you look from literally, I mean, I was going to say 50,000 feet. No, you're going to have to look from somewhere around maybe 75,000 miles. That the point at which you really first get that sense of blue marble earth. When you're looking from there and you think of this net love versus net fear and that whichever one it is, is going to dictate the long, long-term future of this planet. Does this make sense to you? Can you pull yourself away from whatever happens to be in the news just for the moment and ask this question? What is our long-term, uh, where are we going? How will this all wind up? Will the net difference between our love and our fear define where we go? Does this make sense to me? Can I accept this? Is it, or, or no, 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 it's, it's all too horrible already. I can't imagine, I can't even imagine. Or, no, 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 love will always win out. No, I, I know, I believe in, I, I, maybe I'm a religious person, I believe in this, I, uh, I, 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 I know that the goodness of the human spirit and the God that I believe in ultimately tells me that we are good, that we're going in a certain direction. Other people in a religious environment may say that the God I'm with says that we must exact vengeance and God saith that I must, this is why we, you know, We've, we've invented schizophrenic gods, you know, or, or multi-personality gods, or, or at least bipolar gods throughout our history and all of our writings because God can be loving, God can be angry, God will take vengeance. Of it. It, it, God is, uh, you know, re remarkably human when it comes to that sort of thing. Where, where does it, where, what on balance are we? And can you accept that it will define our futures? I, I do. I believe with every bit of my heart and soul that on, on average, on, when, when you net out our spiritual selves, our souls, the, the, the sum of all the good and evil in the world you will come out, believe it or not, with a lot more good than evil. A lot more, let me, be, let me stick with my own definitions, a lot more love than fear. That no matter where we are right now, ultimately, on measure, where we are going, where we will wind up, will be the product, the net product of, this, of the 
excess of love that we possess collectively over the fear that we possess. You can't have one without the other. That's yin-yang. This is the definition of all things. This is, this, is, this is just how things are defined and exist in this universe. There are many people out there I know who would not come to the same conclusion. Many people who believe that this is just, we are just living in a perpetual prelude to our own demise, that it's all going down. And a lot of them happen to be Republicans right now. I'm sorry to bring it down to this base, uh, a, a political uh, sort of a definition, but the mindset within the existing Republican Party, I find, I find, is a belief in the ugliness and the worst of humanity, that there's nothing, it's all bad, we must get rid of, we must break down, we are no longer capable of evolving positively, maybe we never did, it was all bad to begin with, we're giving something away, something is wrong, something is awful, we are basically on the road to perdition, and there ain't no exits, there are no detours, it's downhill, and the car is speeding up as we go. That that is, I think, what I perceive as largely the mindset of the Republican Party. And even if you go and you say, well, wait a minute, hang on, hang on. Uh, their, uh, their leaders, no, they're, they're smart enough to know that there's a job there and everything else. That might be true that you're basically able to get a job by promoting this negativity, but you basically have to live with it. And just your willingness to live with the negativity that is Republicanness right now is indicative of a mindset where you think the world is going. It's evil, it's bad, we've got to stop the crap that's out there. Now, do Democrats do much better on that? No, what the Republicans are doing is bad and evil, and we've got to stop what they're doing, blah, 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 blah. But we've got to do it how? By respecting women's rights. We have to do it by respecting the rights of immigrants. We have to do it by basically finding a way to basically stop the hatred against uh, Asians and Jews and, and, trans, and, and transsexuals. And we have to be able to open ourselves up to basically to, to the rights of people in the gay community. We, we have to look at the, the broader picture of the world. We have to be open to a lot more stuff. Yeah, we're, we're, we're against the actions of people doing bad, negative things. But on the whole, the expression of this is through a relatively positive approach to living and governing, if you're talking, again, in, in, in political terms. The Republican idea now is to break it down, tear it apart, because it's not working, it's horrible, it's, it's making, it, not only is it not working, it's, it's supporting evil of some sort, it's against everything. I have no idea what I'm actually for. I want us, whoever us is, to be in charge, but I'm not even sure what that means ultimately. I certainly uh, am in favor of our people uh, having uh, rights, and but we have to do it. We have to do it by knocking down those people who don't deserve. They're getting too much. We have to get rid of. We have to basically get rid of all this wokeness. And we we this is this is fear, fear. Don't you understand? This is nothing but flat out fear. There's tons of it. The, the Republican Party is, is just oozing fear constantly. The things that it's afraid that are happening that are basically taking away their rights and it's all, at the, it's all to the benefit of people who don't deserve those rights. You have no business being taught about slavery because that doesn't mean anything anymore. No, 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 no. Because I'm afraid of what I might have to see in my own soul. 
and I'm, I'm afraid of where I might go. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to go there. Fear over love. Again, I, 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 I ask you to imagine. I again, you're, this, these two huge containers, the, the world's largest Tupperware containers, equal size, sitting on a, an island somewhere abandoned in the Pacific, that's all that's on the island, and somehow the residual, the net love or fear in each of us is being dumped in there. Which bucket comes up with more? Because that is going to drive, that's going to drive the long-term future of this planet. Are we on measure more about love or are we more about fear? I personally contend we're more about love. There are many things that we can be fearful about. And again, fear is a component. Without fear, we don't know love. Without love, we don't know fear. But we ultimately will express what we are mostly made of. Without getting into the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the quantum physical, uh, theoretical physical, or even uh, the, uh, the spiritual and the theological uh, arguments and, 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 and presentations that might go around that thought. And we are as a species, as the dominant species on the planet, we are more, I believe, the stuff of love than of fear. And that gives me great hope for what we can be. But it does not guarantee that it won't be really messy getting to where we are going to be eventually. I, I, I can't predict how we'll get, how we'll fulfill what we are at our, literally, at our collective core. The love that supersedes our fear. I can't predict how that will ultimately manifest itself 10 years from now, 50 years from now, 5,000 years from now. But I feel confident, I believe, my faith is in humanity ultimately becoming an expression over time, a larger and larger expression of the net love in our souls than the net fear. That's my faith at the most fundamental level. And I would ask everyone listening today to go through this same psycho-spiritual exercise, if you will. And think of yourself. Think of the people you know. Do this, do the, do the math on a soul-by-soul -soul basis around you. Who is, what is driving yourself? Is it love or fear? What, what on net, what on measure, when you net it all out, what is what is the ultimate driving force in your life? Examine yourself. Examine your own life. Watch what you do. What is driving you? Can you, if, if fear is the answer, I don't, I don't think anyone wants to be driven by fear, but can you find a way to suppress your fear and elevate love? You see, that can be done also. It's, it, we're not simply... Uh, condemned to whatever the balance is today. We can choose. We can suppress fear. We can, even if we're living in a current state of fear, ultimately change the balance in us and elevate love. That is part of being sentient humans connected to the energy source of the planet. We can trade in some of the bad for some of the good. 
Okay, there, there's no absolute balance on any given day. So, so even our two big buckets in the Pacific, that's a snapshot of the moment. But I'm saying even that snapshot right now produces more love than fear. And, then, and that realizing that, we may all, those of us who maybe are running a little bad, that we're running a, a deficit of love and an excess of fear, may seek and choose and find ways to reverse the balance, to make love the predominant force in our lives. How? may take spiritual intervention. It may take, it may take religious intervention. It may take some kind of internal reflection. It may take some realization. It may take, it may take a sudden event. It may take, it could be any number of ways that we suddenly recognize that we can elevate our love above our fear. It may, it may take psychological assistance. It may take psychiatric, it may take medical intervention as well. Many people are in bad shape that way and require assistance. I, I think bad shape is the wrong way of putting it. But we can choose to put out more love than fear. We can choose to diminish, to suppress the fear that is in us and elevate the love that is there. The opposite is true also, of course. I believe with every fiber of my being that we are, first of all, net love, that we are, that are the sentient population of this planet would come up with a net positive for love if we could measure all that right now. And even if we weren't, even if it didn't go that way, we could change the balance. It may be a pretty close balance right now. But we can go in that direction. And I believe that's the future of humanity. Most important thing is self-reflection, self-examination, seeking help, seeking guidance where there may not be sufficient guidance in your life. Asking yourself, why am I afraid? Admitting to fear, that's a tough one. Oh my God. It's, it, people don't, you don't, you, you don't hear people, geez, why do I love? Why am I happy? Why do I, why do I feel good about you? Why do I feel good about my family? Why do I feel good about community? Why do I feel good about the future of the planet? No. Why, that's, that's easy. Why do I fear? I can't even call it fear. I'm just angry because those damn sons of bitches are taken away and they have no right to receive that government money. Why do I fear? Hard. Hard to confront, hard to think about, hard to, hard to overcome. Unless, of course, we recognize that a lot of other people are going to the same thing. You know, I don't know. What does that say? It, it, it sounds like a, uh, you know, it sounds like a, uh, an AA meeting or something of sorts. Fear, fear, fearers Anonymous, an FA meeting. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there. We're doing good, and we will do better. The good that we are will ultimately be manifested and we will evolve better and forward, but there's a lot of fear that's out there right now that we have to deal with. And a lot of the dealing is gonna to have to be done by those where, in, in whose souls fear predominates. I, I ask you, please, search your own soul. Think of how you feel. And if fear is what drives you, if fear is the strongest element in you, seek guidance from any number of sources, religious, psychological, family, if there's a positive, uh, positive uh, source of, of, of positive energy within the family, within a social circle, 
in the events that you participate in, in the, in the stuff that you expose yourself to on social media, recognize the product and, and the manifestation of fear in your life. And try to do something about it. Amazing thoughts. Amazing thoughts. A little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to center-left radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people, during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. 
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. If you took the net love in every soul in this planet and the net fear and put them side by side quantitatively. I am convinced love would predominate, and we need that to evolve in a positive way. But those who are experiencing fear then have the obligation to deal with it, to find a way past it. The future of our species depends on it.